Well, hello. It has been a while since I've been on Anchor. I wanted to do a special podcast today for today is Easter Sunday, April 4th, 2021. But I do have a twist for this day. The goddess has been forgotten somehow in most holidays. Why is it that these holidays only celebrate the male aspect of bringing new life. Also, we will talk about how some Christians do not celebrate this holiday because of the backstory of where this holiday originates from BCE, before Christ existed. So before we get started on the backstory, let's talk about the story. Easter is a Christian holiday that celebrates the belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament of the Bible, the event is said to have occurred three days after Jesus was crucified by the Romans and died in roughly 30 A.D., The holiday concludes the Passion of the Christ, a series of events and holidays that begins with Lent. Lent is a 40-day period of fasting, prayer, and sacrifice, and ends with the Holy Week, which includes Holy Thursday, which is the celebration of Jesus's last supper with his 12 apostles also known as Moundy Thursday. Good Friday, on which Jesus' crucifixion, crucifixion is observed, and Easter Sunday. Although a holiday of high religious significance in the Christian faith, many traditions associated Easter date back to pre-Christian pagan times. So what happened to Easter over time? Some adults have decided to go into the history and start doing research for themselves. Is it that they have a strange feeling about this day? Or maybe just like with Christmas, when you become an adult, you wanna know what is beyond the rabbit and the eggs. And then even as a Christian, you go to church and it's all about Jesus rising up from the dead. But then even that is not as satisfying to you. You want to know more. Some people question it. Some people don't. They repeat the same ritual over and over again. These rituals would come to symbolize the sacrifice Jesus was about to make in death and becomes the basis for the Christian ritual of Holy Communion, which also remains a fundamental part of Christian religious services. So even as in pagan times, there are rituals within the church, okay? So the rituals within the church would include the bread, 
which Jesus's 12 apostles uh, used as a symbolization for Jesus's body and the cup of wine they drink as his blood. So many, uh, there are actually some Christians that don't celebrate and some other people who are not Christians that don't celebrate um, the death, the body and the blood of this deity because Jesus is included in a list of deities or gods and goddesses from around uh, the, the world in different religions and cultures. The names have been, have been changed and some of the stories are the same. But now here we have that in Exodus, uh, we have the Exodus of the Jews from Egypt as described in the Old Testament uh, are clearly seen in the Last Supper. So now we have something that ties into Egypt. You have to read between the lines. So we are going to actually break down what happened 2,400 years BCE before Christ existed and try to tie that in to this Easter tradition and ritual that is celebrated every year around not just the nation, but around the world. So how do these two stories tie in? How is it possible that the, the rise of Jesus from the dead ties back to a goddess? Well, it's simple. Dogmas. Dogmas and stipulations on not only a woman goddess being demonized, pagan practices before Christ that were demonized and stories have been changed to gain the followers to follow only one male deity and exclude the rest or the original stories. Here we're going to talk about Egypt, of course, these are my deities. And we are also going to talk about a couple of other stories uh, for this tradition and how this ties into a resurrection day, death and rebirth. Are you aware that we are celebrating death and rebirth on this day? Now, some people that could be easy, but you are, you are celebrating the dead. You are celebrating a rebirth. Understand what we are doing. What does it mean for you? I will also help you uh, to recognize other ways that you can celebrate this day if you would like to participate, which is simply very easy. After all, we are in the spring. So let's just talk about, let's go back further beyond Christ. And let's talk about a goddess named Oestre in whose honor feasts were celebrated in this month. Okay. And we're going to talk about that and bring that forth because these two stories are going to be recognized and combined together. Also, we will be talking about those hares, those rabbits, and those eggs. 
How is it possible that on a Christian-based day, people are still using bunny rabbits and eggs to celebrate the, the death and the rebirth of Christ? How does that make sense? I'm not sure if I remember seeing a whole lot of rabbits uh, where he passed away and they had him buried. And then three days later, he wasn't there. I don't remember seeing eggs and rabbits uh, in that area, not through the movies, not in the Bible. So how did that even become? Well, there is a reason. Has your pastor or any any Christian pastor ever mentioned anything about that? Usually what is told is that it's not all about this Easter bunny. It's about Christ. Every, almost every, um, you know, type of holiday like this, like Christmas, it's all about this male deity or this male um, spiritual figure. There's never anything mentioned about the woman, unless you are Catholic, where the woman is finally recognized, uh, the femininity of spirituality through a woman and who is praised for at least giving birth to Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and break this down. And either way it goes, this is only a podcast. You don't have to feel too, too bad about it and celebrate the day as you would for yourself. And let me get into the story of the goddess that has been untold, hidden, and pushed back. So here we are going to talk about different aspects of the goddess. In Wicca, we celebrate the spring. We celebrate Ostara. Ostara comes some weeks before Easter. The spring is a sign that winter is truly over. Light is conquering darkness, though here they are of equal length. Now, here is where the goddess comes in. Ostara, Estra, Estara, Oestra, and Oestra uh, was an Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring. When the Christians borrowed this part of paganism, they renamed it Easter. The Easter egg and Easter rabbit come from the fact that Ostara was a fertility goddess with eggs and rabbits or hares symbolizing fertility. Her name was probably a variant of Astarte, Ishtar, and Aset. That would also be Isis, Artemis, and many other goddess names. Another symbol of spring goddess is the snake, the shedding of whose skin is strong, and the symbol of rebirth, and the ancient symbol of new life coming out of the old. During this time, many Wiccans uh, decorate their altars with flowers, um, also eggs for fertility. Uh, candles would be the same colors that are used uh, for Easter, you know, yellow, green, orange, white, and it's decorated. And then there is a ritual, the same as there is a ritual in the churches of feasting on the body of Jesus and drinking wine for his blood. So we will talk about some other things 
uh, about this and kind of bring these stories together because we have now Mesopotamia, we have Ishtar, and we have some other stories. And it makes you wonder, why didn't the preacher tell me this? Why didn't the pastor mention this? Because as I just told you, when the Christians borrowed this part of paganism, years and years before Christ existed, they changed and renamed it to Easter because the goddess is about sex and love and rebirth. And in their eyes, this is an evil day or the woman is actually portrayed and looked at as an evil deity or an evil figure. So therefore we have the dogmas that make it male based. Let's go into some more stories and see what we can find out. So the goddess is portrayed as an evil goddess, as a goddess of the underworld. So let's talk about in the Babylon religion, okay? This is what Christians see, and these are the stories that you will hear. In the Babylon religion, starting at the time of the Tower of Babel, uh, this religion came from Baal or Baal, which for Christians is the name of Satan. But Baal is actually was actually just a daemon who was demonized and turned into a demon. Um, and the worship of his goddess also uh also a virgin goddess, uh, the queen of heaven, okay? So the female deity Ishtar of Babylon was a Baal high priestess, okay? She was also known as the virgin who was worshiped. She had the title queen of heaven and was known as the goddess of fertility. And Baal, they had many temple priestess priestesses who served as temple Prostitutes, having sex with the temple prostitute was a part of Baal worship. So this is actually a website that I found that was created by a Christian. And to break this down and let you know what they think of the woman goddess, not only did they call her a prostitute, uh, but whatever rituals were going on back in those times were actually uh, demonized. The queen of heaven, Ishtar, has been identified as the goddess Astarte, uh, Ashtoreth, uh, the goddess Isis of Egypt, and also Aphrodite, uh, the goddess Venus of Rome. Okay, so there is a lot of talk about, about this goddess. Uh, the goddess Ashtaroth is talked about in the Bible as well. Um, they are also calling her the goddess of lust. So sexuality, femininity, um, and, you know, even uh, the eggs and stuff like that is considered adultery and fornication and prostitution according to, according to the Christians, or I should say new age Christians. Um, you know, so this is what happens when you have, uh, people that decide to change things up. 
Uh, also in the Bible, it is said not to worship any of these deities. Well, why would then, would I turn around if that's the case, why would I then turn around and worship uh, a, another deity almost in the same way with the bread and the blood? How is one way more than the other? Uh, you know, so also when you think about, when you think about, um, the mother Mary and how she has been put on the back burner, um, the mother Mary, our lady, uh, Notre Dame, Diana, Madonna, Isis, Ishtar, any of these goddesses are also, um, are also looked at as bad. Uh, even the mother Mary in Christianity, uh, the mother Mary is actually uh, the mother goddess, the one who gave birth, uh, the one who birthed this powerful uh, begotten son. So how is this possible? And when I say son, you think about the son, you think about giving life. How do you feel when you uh, go outside and you have the rays of the sun? That is our ego. That is our life force. So how is it that... Um, Mary uh, came put on the back burner. Also, the goddess Diana. So we're gonna kind of go into another type of um, another type of story, I should say, because these are nothing but stories. Once again, at the end of the day, um, it all depends on how you feel um, about this day and whether or not you want to celebrate this day. Uh, so the tradition of the eggs, so the, the tradition of the eggs, uh, like I said before, the eggs and the bunny, um, and you know, so Easter was originally the celebration of Ishtar, the Assyrian and Babylonian goddess of fertility and sex after Constantine, I'll say that again, Constantine decided to Christianize the empire. Easter was changed to represent Jesus. But at its roots, Easter, which is how you pronounce Ishtar, is all about celebrating fertility and sex. So there you have it. There is a story for you. And let's talk about uh, a different way to celebrate uh, based on this pagan holiday that has been Christianized and changed. Now, let's go back into the story of Jesus being resurrected from the dead. Is it not that 2400 years BCE, there was another story that was put on the back burner through Egypt? Let's talk about uh, our God, Osiris. And I say our God for the pagans who are listening to this or the Wiccans who are listening to this or people who are outside of the box, or if you are a comedic practitioner. So let's talk about this transformation, sacrifices and transformations of modern man. This transformation can also be embodied in the experience we all have being confronted by life's struggles, chaos, and darkness and then our navigating that and coming back to a state of renewal, order, and light. 
The instinct that we must sacrifice to have the renewal is a fundamental representation of experience found in our instinctual psyche. Our ancestors experienced the outside world and inner world as a continuum. This meant that psychological processes had to be practiced outwardly to encourage consciousness or rather capabilities towards sustaining themselves. We owe our self-reflecting consciousness to these many generations of people, okay? We all make sacrifices. Now let's go into uh, the Egyptian story, Osiris, okay? Archetype for transformation. One of the earliest transformation stories, which include a resurrection, was the Egyptian Osiris Horus myth. There are variations of this story, but uh, Osiris and Seth were the sons of the great mother goddess Nut. So now there we have a story where Osiris is would be the uh, the Jesus, okay, and his son. And then we also have this story of a great mother goddess Nut, which in actuality uh, she has been changed to the Mother Mary. Osiris was a king of the wealthy lands of Upper Egypt. His brother Seth was jealous and murdered his brother and then cut him up into pieces and threw his phallus or his penis into the ocean. So now here we go with uh, the actual mother goddess that has been changed, uh, not just Nut, but Osiris's wife and sister. Uh, her name is Isis or Aset, uh, the comedic term. Uh, when, when, so what happened is she went and gathered the pieces of her husband's body and restored them. And, uh, and then she replaced his penis, which is the last thing she couldn't find with a golden phallus. Uh, so in the pyramid text, it is described the double doors of heaven are open for Osiris that he may ascend at daybreak, ascending, rising up from the dead. Why does this sound familiar? After his ascension, he became Horus, which is represented as a falcon with the sun disc. Okay. So the Pharaoh was said to be incarnation, the incarnation of Horus. This means the man was elevated to the consciousness of a God. We can see in this myth the transformation of man. So this is uh, this is his final resurrection and ascension, bringing him towards the sun, just like Jesus returned to his father. This is a symbolic of the illuminating effects of consciousness, that is, becoming a realized man. Now, each of us, man or woman, go through the experience of childhood and adulthood where we take on more responsibilities, okay? There are many more elements of interest to this story, but this, for now, is, is good. Interestingly enough, Osiris is also associated with the corn god. The Egyptian harvest, as we have seen, falls not in autumn, but in spring in the months of March, April, and May. So the Osiris rites were often practiced 
during the spring equinox. Uh, so for me as a Wiccan, not only do I celebrate the goddess, but I also celebrate the rise of, of, of Osiris. And, uh, you know, and then there's many different Catholic candles and stuff that also bring that about. Um, also, we have the Hierophant uh, tarot card that represents uh, Osiris. And then we have uh, the High Priestess tarot card that represents Isis. And then, of course, their son Haru uh, was a falcon, a falcon head. So there's many different um, stories and stuff. It all depends on what it means to you. Um, and, you know, so really this day can be celebrated as new life for you. Uh, as a Wiccan, the simplest way would be to gather some flowers, have them, you know, around your altar or your home, um, go outside for walks. Think about the fact that the winter is over. You're celebrating new life. Um, look towards the sun, the seasons are changing, the fall leaves are falling. Um, that's why they're called fall leaves because now we have flowers blossoming. We have birds and, and bees. Bees represent new life and prosperity. Um, and then we have the love aspect or, you know, the fertility aspect. Um, during the springtime, many women uh, become pregnant around the springtime. Uh, because this is like a, a more lovingly environment. You know, everything is blossoming. We have the flowers. It's a good time to relax. We've gotten over our humdrum. And it's a very good time internally for a woman's body to be in more a state of relax and therefore become, um, you know, pregnant and be able to, you know, you know bear seeds uh, or those eggs uh, that we think about for Easter. So hopefully this has been um, educational. And if you have any comments, if you are listening to this on Anchor, you can actually leave a comment and I will review the comments. Other than that, uh, it is actually 11, 11 a.m. right now, which is a good sign. So it's a good time for me to close out. It is also 4-4-2021. Well, you know, when I think about that, I could say 4-4 is actually a spiritual portal day. So other than that, I will talk to you guys later. Celebrate the day as you would like to. And we will close out this show right now.